The Start On Demand. On demand. Willie Jefferson, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. How about that smoke? GMAC, I woke up to, I think, 15 notifications from Environment Canada today because uh, I get a notification for all the various places that I have listed in my, the places I check for forecast based on where I golf. So oh, I got, okay. <laughs> so I, got, I got Winnipeg, of course, and then Selkirk and Lac Dubani because Granite Hills is out there, and Morden because Minnewasta is out there, and La Brokery, and all these notifications for a special air quality ding, statement. Ding, 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 ding. Because, yeah, so you said, what's up with all that smoke? So how bad was it when you uh, walked out the door this morning? I didn't need to even need to walk out the door. I got up to have my shower, and uh, I've got my bedroom windows open a crack to take advantage of the cooler nighttime temperatures, and I could smell smoke. So I thought, oh, maybe one of my neighbors had a fire last night, mm-hmm. had my shower, got ready, went outside, and the first thing I noticed was, holy smokes, it is smoky. And I texted you. What's up with that smoke? And you said... Smoke from wildfires north of Hudson Bay, Saskatchewan. And this is from Environment Canada. They say those fires continue to affect portions of western, central, and southern Manitoba today as winds turn northerly behind an advancing cold front. So on Friday, light winds will see stagnant, smoky conditions persist through much of the day with gradual dispersion expected by Evening dispersion, very fancy word. Yes, very sciency. <laughs> it's a very sciency word. So, yeah, a bit of a smoky start to the day. But uh, you know what? I'm going to play that clip again. What about that smoke, man? Come on down to Winnipeg. Come on down to Winnipeg, man. Okay, so when he says, "How about that smoke?" For those who might not might be wondering, what's he talking about? He's talking about the absolute domination of the Winnipeg Blue Bomber defense, and that's from two seasons ago in Ottawa in the run to the Grey Cup in 2019. Willie Jefferson, when he started to endear himself to the fans of Winnipeg and maybe to the fans of the CFL that aren't entrenched in fandom of other teams. So Willie Jefferson, you know, as we know now, is one of the premier not only athletes in the Canadian Football League, but he's also one of the premier marketing tools of the league. And so that was Willie just saying, hey, you want some more of that? Come on down to Winnipeg. So the Edmonton Elks, the latest on the list, likely to find out about how dominating this Winnipeg Blue Bomber defense is. What time is game time? Game time, 7 o'clock. Our uh, Olympic Builders pregame show gets underway at Five, if I'm not mistaken. Five o'clock, and will you be part of the the proceedings as usual? I shall be uh, pre-game and then uh, halftime, so Bob and Doug can grab a coffee and a sandwich. Uh, Ed Tate and I will uh, take a look at what went down in the first half and give our opinion, our view as to what might happen in the second half. So uh, come on down to Winnipeg. Come on down to IG Field tonight. I know the forecast might not necessarily lend itself you rushing out to buy tickets last minute, but uh, I think uh, this is a perfect fall evening for a little bit of Canadian Football League action. We've got to, and we'll have details on uh, your full forecast details coming up momentarily, but it is expected to rain through the day. It already has started raining uh, here in downtown Winnipeg, but the forecast for tonight is partly cloudy. There it is. So hopefully 
it'll be at, at the very least not raining tonight for the football game. Ah, and a little bit of rain's fun. And there's a bit of a theme for tonight as well at the Bomber game, yes? It's 90s night. I'm not exactly sure why they've decided on it, but hey, anytime <laughs> you're celebrating the 1990s, you know, the the stretch, the era from the, from the mid-80s into the early 90s was really dominance for the Winnipeg Football Club. 84, of course, they won the Grey Cup. 88, 1990, they went to -to back-to-back Grey Cups in 92 and 93. The Blue Bombers and the City of Winnipeg hosted the Grey Cup in 1991. So lots of reasons to celebrate 90s nights as it pertains to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Yeah, and they, they, they... I think at this time of year is often when the Bombers do those sort of theme nights, right? I remember going to a game in 2019. I think it was around September 28th. I can't remember the exact date, but it was retro night. Okay. So that's because you, you're always, whenever I wear that that T-shirt with, uh. the, with the classic Bombers logo, you always get jealous because I ran down there and, snack, and snagged a T-shirt mm. before they sold out. Mm-hmm. They like, still have the hats. Do they still have the hats? Yes, and I think they've just done maybe done another run of them because I love the hats. It's got the, the airplane. How do you Describe it, Brett. Sort of it, it, uh, like a a contrail that, that that sort of it's an oval sort of logo, and the and the trail starts in the right side, and the you know to dictate or indicate a path of a, an aircraft that kind of swoops around to the left and up above the the Winnipeg Blue Bomber, and the, and the blue is just right, and I don't know, it's just something sweet about it. Yeah, you described it perfectly. I'm looking at it right now, and that's it. It's as though you had it right in front of you, and you did that all for from memory so well done to you sir hey by the way lorenz if you're wondering where's loren we she's going to join us a little bit later this morning just giving you a heads up on that and speaking of the bombers don't forget about the big bomber bash at 7 15 we are going to reveal today's code word that you can enter at cjob.com once again this prize package is so sweet october 23rd game against bc you get the entire Bomber Party Deck for you and 19 of your friends. You get 20 Blue Bomber hats, game day food, $250 drink credit, and four parking passes to get everyone to the game. So uh, that is a great prize, and you're going to have an opportunity uh, today and then as well all of next week to get in on this. So that's exciting stuff. And I know some people, not a ton, but some people when we announce that secret code word have been texting it to 780-6868. That's not how you enter. I know we've done contests like that for the Blue Bombers in the past. How you get involved is you have to go to cjob.com and then there's an entry procedure there. This is a huge prize. Uh, One of our listeners says 19. I don't have 19 friends. Make new friends. You know, <laughs> get your friends to invite their friends. It's a great opportunity to reconnect with some people to get together. Uh, Winnipeg Blue Bomber games for as much as it can be about the football, Brett, for some people. All you have to do in particular in at halftime and in that third quarter, for some reason, that section near the rum hut. It's like an old-fashioned Manitoba social. It's, a, it's just like a get together. You see people you haven't seen forever at Blue Bomber games. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb? Oh my gosh. I have said this to you before, Brett. How do you sleep through alarms? So like, I don't know what time, 5.30, I turn on an alarm, I go lay on the ground, I say to myself, just stretch your back out, your back's been killing you, and I fell asleep. (laughs) 
That's it. That's all I've got. And I had 97 different alarms. Forche, did you not just hear one go off? Oh, it went off all right. He's like, well, that didn't go a lot off. Yeah, I know it didn't go off soon enough. Anyway, here I am. I'm here. I'm alive. I'm well. I wake up. There's a text from you. There's a phone call from you. I say to you guys, I got my ringer off. Everything's fine. And then I look at the clock and I think, oh, my God. <laughs> it's 6.15. That's what just happened in the last seven minutes. I am splashing water on my face. I got my third coffee going. I am so sorry. I can not believe this has happened to me. You know, I made fun of you this week for your gorilla alarm. I am... At a loss, it, but here I am. It happens, <sighs> you know. It doesn't it? Doesn't happen. It happens to other people. <laughs> I hold you to such a higher standard. First of all, Loren. Secondly, I, I had a long conversation with one of my boys last night. We had oh. quite the situation in our house yesterday. Well, it didn't take place in the house, although that's where it ended up blowing up. But we had a long conversation about being late and why being on time and being early is so critical. And I really hope the boy that I had this discussion with is not listening this morning. Do you know what happens if Brett or Loren and I are not on time? Yeah, All sorts of alarms go off. No, Dead air off. is not I allowed in them. radio. It's I to the them. second. <laughs> in my mind, in my sleep just now, there was no way that it was time to get up. And so, people, here I am. <laughs> You're well, forgiven. Of course, of course. I, I'm not forgiven. Oh, my gosh. Oh, hey, well, look, we all have, <laughs> it happens to us all in morning radio. I'm so glad radio. you can't see me right now. I'm rubbing my face so hard. I'm like, I'm like perplexed. It is. <laughs> this is fabulous. Did, did you, you, so you fell asleep on your back? And not oh, right like on the ground, like right on the ground, okay. like on the hard floor, stretching out. I set an alarm just in case, which I always do. Like I have, I, I have just as many alarms as you, 97 of them. Yep. Hey, I fell asleep last night on the couch for, for two like hours. I feel like I'm having a dream. Like this can't be happening. Like, is this real? <laughs> I fell asleep for two hours last night and woke up at 8 p.m. First, I had the a.m. or p.m. panic. Thinking oh I slept gosh. in for work, uh, but then I realized, oh, no, I just woke up from a nap at 8 p.m. This is going to be not getting to sleep again for a while. But we're glad you're here. We're glad you're okay. But right now, we want to start with the fact that one of the top hockey players in the world, Loren, is taking some time away from the game. Sleeping. At, no, I'm not sleeping. I turned my mic off so I could swear <laughs> at myself. Sorry. I'm so angry at myself. This is such an important story, so I apologize for this. But at 930 Central yesterday, the NHL and the NHL Players Association released a joint statement about Carey Price. The release said in part, Carey Price will be away from the team while voluntarily taking part in the NHL NHLPA player assistant program. It went on to say there would be no further comments. Dan Spector of Global News has more from Montreal. It's hard. Montreal Canadiens general manager Mark Bergevin fights back tears as he reflects on what Carey Price means to him and how tough it is knowing the 34-year-old all-star goalie is going through a hard time. I think 
Today I'm thinking not of Carey Price, the goaltender, but of Carey Price, the human being, he says. The NHL and NHL Players Association announced Thursday Price has voluntarily entered the league's player assistance program. The initiative helps players and their families get counseling for mental health struggles, substance abuse, and other issues. The reason for Price's entry into the program is not known. You know, he's got kids, uh, three kids and, and his wife, so I think we need to support them, we need to uh, respect their privacy. Coach Dominique Ducharme said Price's teammates were taken aback by the news. Just give uh, all the support that we have and that's what we're going to do. Price's wife Angela addressed the situation in an Instagram post, saying Carey's showing up for himself and our family and making the absolute best decision possible for us. It's incredibly important to us to show our kids that asking for help and letting yourself be supported by others is not just okay, but encouraged anytime and under any circumstance. You know, the elephant in the room, sometimes we don't say anything and, and it's very personal, but I, I salute and, and I'm glad they did. Back in the day, it was always suck it up, be a tough guy. This sports psychologist sees a culture change taking shape. Last season, Habs forward Jonathan Drouin stepped away from the game to address his mental health and has been public about getting help. Bloom hopes young athletes see it's okay to come forward. We're really trying to change that narrative and, it's, and, I, and I think we're well on our way. The player assistance program lasts a minimum of 30 days. Bergevin said he's confident Price will be back this season. Dan Spector, Global News, Montreal. So that news came one day after Habs head coach said that the 34-year-old native of Anaheim Lake, B.C. would likely not be taking part in the regular season opener. On Wednesday, Dom Ducharme said Price was, quote, not doing well right now as he recovers from a non-COVID illness. Price is also recovering from off-season surgery to repair a torn meniscus. As you heard in that report, Angela Price, Carrie Price's wife, published that statement on Instagram in support of her husband. She said part of the privilege of being in the position their family is in is that they can show others there is help available. The massive outpouring of support for Price has been heartening to see. There will be speculation, of course, as to what brought Price to this point. Speculation which for many should be silenced. Winnipeg Jets head coach Paul Maurice spoke on the topic yesterday. I'm not speaking specific to Kerry Price because I've had players that went, went into the program. And I mean, those are real challenges. So that's nothing to do with your bank account. They're real challenges. And the day they go in is the first chance to get help. And that's just a really, really good thing. And then if we do this right as a society, I believe, the kid that's got the Carey Price jersey who's 12 isn't going to look at Carey Price like it's, it's a bad, he's a bad guy. It's that he's a courageous guy and that for himself and his family went and got help. So that's our responsibility now that, that Carey Price is looked at as, as a courageous leader. He's got a challenge that he's dealing with and, and, and because of what he does for a living, it's public. So that maybe the kid with the Carey Price jersey, we still want him wearing it the next day. Right, that's that's the goal. So that it's not bad and it's not a stigma. I'm happy he's getting help. I'm sorry that he needed it, but I'm really happy that he's getting help. Paul Maurice's statements getting applause across the National Hockey League uh, for how insightful, compassionate that they are. And here's the question I have for the two of you: Like, have we turned a corner on these types of situations? And maybe more importantly, Loren, does the why even matter? 
I hope it doesn't anymore, man. Like I, uh, I have family members, I have friends who are going through things like this and you just want to them to know that what they're going through is not relevant into the part of the body that it's landed in, right? Mm-hmm. Like, or the diagnosis. So is it your brain? Is it your the mental part of your brain? Is it the physical part of your brain that's dealing with this? Is it your leg? Is it your heart? Is it your soul? And I just, I would love them to hear. And I thought Paul was so great. Coach Maurice was so great yesterday. I hope there are Canadians everywhere, Manitobans everywhere hearing that when you're hurt, it doesn't matter the, the, the pinpoint, right? Like where the doctor is pointing to. And so get the healing that you need. And I, I, I hope we have turned that corner. I don't think we have, honestly, Greg. I don't think we have yet. But I hope the more someone like Coach Maurice or Carrie Price comes out and just says, I got to deal with something. The rest of us will be like, okay, cool. Good. Deal with that. And they'll, I hope, I hope we're getting there. Nineties night at the bomber game tonight. Kickoff seven thirty. Pre-game five thirty on six eighty CJOB. Bombers and Edmonton Elks. And because it's nineties night, we're going to talk about nineties fun right now for a chance to win. Boo at the zoo passes with your texts at two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. And the question is, what did you do for fun in the nineties? And let's say you're like one of the younger folk. Of this panel, Cameron Poitras and Jeff Forte, you guys are thirty, right? That's correct. right. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you would have been, you would have still been kids. So why don't we start with that, Mr. Poitras? By the way, Loren Poitras still uh, wearing the sandals. How'd you put it, Cam? Uh, can't quit, won't quit. <laughs> I draw the line at about five or six. Do you have uh, fall feet? Like you, you have like a summer feet thing you got prepared yeah. for this year. Do you mm-hmm. have fall feet? Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I get I get Hobbit feet. I get <laughs> oh, like a very nice, okay. like thick hair. It's like, uh, yeah, it, get, it really starts to grow out. So you're really selling me on this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You want to? I can send you a picture, uh, Loren, if you're interested. Please, Poitras, yeah. send me pictures yeah. of your feet. So what did you do for fun, Poitras, in the 90s? Well, you know, and and one thing I really miss, and I don't know, I'm just maybe I'm nostalgic for it, is Saturday morning cartoons. Um, I was kind of, we're kind of like, me and Jeff, we're kind of like the last generation that, you know, tuned in to, like, kids nowadays, they don't know about Saturday morning cartoons. They don't know anything about it. You know, you, you wake up early in the morning, they started at, like, seven o'clock you turn on the tv and you had your shows so you'd cycle through all the channels and you knew which show was coming on at what time and for some reason you always had to like lie with your foot against the the television cabinet and i can't lie on the ground for five minutes now i'm not that old but it's that uncomfortable but for some reason as a kid you have like this ability to do it you got a pillow blanket you get your what was it calvin and Hobbes used to eat uh, his chocolate frosted sugar bombs yeah um i'd pour myself like three bowls of that (laughs) And I would just watch like all my shows. It was like a Saturday morning ritual. I do it with my brothers every year, and we—I mean, every every weekend—we watch all of our our like favorite shows. All the best shows were on there: Beast Wars and X Men, Batman, and Men in Black, and all this other stuff. But it was great memories. And Forte, uh, I was going to say Kelly Kapowski and uh, Topanga Lawrence. What? Hey, Topanga. Oh, Boy Kelly Meets World, is. baby. Topanga Lawrence from Boy Meets World and Kelly Kapowski from Saved by the Bell. Oh, oh beauties. <laughs> I used to watch that going to sleep. Like I used, I used to be on like I had a family channel or something. I used to go to bed with that on. Oh yeah, but everyone, everyone remembers this sound. 
<laughs> I don't I don't remember this fondly. Got a modem? <laughs> it's a little dial-up. Yeah, baby. Mom, I'm on the internet. <laughs> don't pick Hang up, up the, the phone. phone. Don't, don't pick, pick it up. up the phone. <laughs> Those are fun memories. Uh, what was it? Like 56K, I think, was like a good speed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just know the sounds. Yeah, I think the first modem we had was 28.8, and then when we got it, we upgraded to 56. It was like, whoa, this page loads in like two minutes. Um, Mackling, what about you? Well, I started uh, the 90s uh, probably three nights a week in a nightclub, and I ended the 90s uh, in Cabo Wabo in Mexico in a nightclub. So, uh, yes, the 90s was the decade of the nightclub for me, but also sports. Sporting events, uh, traveling uh, far and wide for the 90s. So my favorite, absolute favorite would have been, uh, of course, the Jets left in 1996. But to go and attend a sports game and to go to, you know, a little dancing, a little beverage and uh, afterwards, that, that would be the ideal 90s night. And just to totally just really get lost in it all because that was, that was the name of the game back then, wasn't it, Brett? That's right. Jeff Braun, what about you? Oh, wait. Tona in the early 90s, we got our driver's licenses, and all we really did was just drive around town. Uh, we'd friends would pick you up at like at 7 o'clock at night, and you'd just drive around for five hours and then go home and go out into the country every now and then and have a cigarette where no one could see you kind of thing because <laughs> small town rules, right? You can't can't do anything with an eyeshot of anyone because you don't know you know who all knows your dad kind of deal but yeah that was about it it was pretty pretty relaxed and laid back ah that sounds fun and loren what about you man the spice girls and dressing up like the spice girls i don't know any girl group of friends in the world that didn't attempt to do that and of course who was i scary spice Posh. <laughs> Oh, oh, Ginger, yeah. come oh, on, guys. Well, I thought it was because you're so I scary. Remember. I was Taking so young. Taking you there, feet. I was Ginger Spice. <laughs> and I miss them, and I like them, and I like I like boy bands, girl bands. I want more of them to come back, but I miss Alanis Morissette. I miss my Discman. I miss my Walkman. The 90s were where it was at for just, you know, looking horrible. And not carrying. Yeah, the nineties was the best. I have to admit that I we had that Spice Girls CD and we played it like crazy. We we took a trip out to BC to visit some friends and we had that in the car and uh yeah, we played it over and over and over again with my mom driving. One of my buddies, I think, actually had uh the Spice Girls playing when he um quote unquote took his how do I put this diplomatically on the air? Took his first voyage, shall we say? When he uh uh-huh. Solo voyage? No, no, no. Somebody... <laughs> when he, the first time he had, uh, uh, oh, you know, no. the coitus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Relations. Relations. <laughs> it was the what was the name of the, the Spice Girls song? The the slow jam. Oh, what was it called? I can't remember. It was the, I think it was the third single of that CD. Anyway. Most collisions are not accidents. They are generally the direct result of a conscious decision a driver has made. That's the message, Greg, from the Canadian Association of Chiefs of Police. And Brett, you might remember that Brian Barkley, our former traffic guru here at CJOB for years and years, made a conscientious decision at one point to stop 
calling them accidents and calling them collisions. It was an important move in my mind. And the Association of Chiefs of Police is launching a new campaign today to put focus on driver behaviors, texting and driving, drunk driving, driving without a seatbelt, still talking about that. And so from today through to the end of this long weekend, Loren, it is trying to send a message. Yeah, so... Chief Robert Martin is the co-chair of the Canadian Association of Chiefs of Police Traffic Safety Committee and is our guest this morning. Good morning, Chief Martin. Good morning. How are you? We're well. And, you know, this really stuck me and, and even Greg just saying the idea that we stop using the word accidents because in so many respects, they're conscious choices, as your release said. I'm, I'm curious what got you here to this campaign. What was the impetus for this? This is a national campaign that we run every year. Um, there's one in the spring and there's one in the fall. Uh, we know once the spring campaign starts, people are returning to the roads after our long winter absence. And we know that on the long weekends, in particular the May 2-4 weekend and the Thanksgiving weekend, we see a significant amount in traffic. And we also have people who are attending recreational areas, family events to have a good time. And you're very correct. Um, most collisions are certainly preventable. Um, and it's usually caused by driver condition or driver neglect, not wearing their seatbelt, using their cell phone, uh, drug-impaired driving, alcohol-impaired driving. So the companion pain we run is to make people aware of these dangers, and we know that the 220 police forces across our country will be participating in this campaign, so you can expect to see added enforcement this weekend. So you referenced that it's a long weekend. Do we see more collisions on long weekends with the, having since there are more cars in the road? <laughs> we do. Uh, we know during COVID we did see a significant drop in our vehicle traffic on our roads. However, as we slowly progress out of our lockdowns, traffic flows are picking up. And during this weekend, people tend to travel more because, like we said, it is a holiday and people wish to have fun. Chief Martin, when we talk about these conscientious decisions, are we talking about... You know, making a decision to to speed because we're late for an appointment or do we make conscientious decisions? You know, a, a turn signal is an indicator, right? It's a, something we do for the benefit of other people. And so when we ignore and don't use it, it's really a, a slight on other drivers on the road. What's at the core of this behavior, this lack of what I think is a lack of respect for one another on the road, it, that it's all about me? You're exactly right. It's a lack of consideration for the other road users who are out there. And it is simply people either being in a hurry, uh, making a conscious choice to consume drugs or alcohol while they drive, uh, failing to wear their seatbelts. It's about decisions that you make that have significant consequences on people around you or yourself and your family and your car. So what can we do with that? Like, What should we be thinking of to do better, not just this weekend, Chief Martin, but for the rest of our driving careers, so to speak? You know, my oldest son was in the car with me the other day. He's not even 11. And he said, is driving hard? And I said, you know, it's not necessarily the driving part that's hard. It's about all the things you have to be aware of around you. And we make an assumption that everyone around us is feeling the same way and looking and watching and turning and making sure that they're all doing the right things. Do I have to go into it like nobody is thinking about doing the right thing? Like, what should I do as a driver to be better, to make sure we're not in this position where we have to talk about efforts to reduce collisions? I I think the two biggest things is leave yourself enough time. Um, Mm -hmm. We as a society are in a hurry, it seems, all the time. 
and have consideration for the other road users. Um, if you're going to consume drugs um, or alcohol and try to drive, use public transit, find a ride, uh, wear your seatbelt, and remember that your actions affect all of those around you, and it would be a tragedy if you were to kill someone, including anyone in your family, because decisions you made because you're simply in a hurry. Uh, take the time, slow down, drive defensively, don't text and drive, don't drink and drive. The same messages we've been saying for 50 years of the CACP. Chief Robert Martin is the co-chair of the Canadian Association of Chiefs of Police Traffic Safety Committee. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. We appreciate the time. Thank you so much and have a safe long weekend. And this, uh, this kind of rings a little personal for me because I actually almost got in a crash just a few days ago just because I was being completely careless and I couldn't believe that I allowed this to happen. I was turning right off of Osborne onto River. So it's you, you sort of go through a curve. There's that, uh, like there's the liquor mart there and the Safeway. Slip and lane, a bus stop. I think they call it. Is that what it is? A I slip lane? So. I think okay. so, yeah. I, I didn't know that. You learn something new every day. So I was in the slip lane heading towards the yield, and uh, I just went to barrel through it. I didn't look. Oh. So I didn't decide to look until I was already entering the roadway, and I had to hammer the brakes. Thankfully, the, the person coming also hammered the brakes because they would have hit me, but it would have absolutely been my fault. So I just sat there for a second thinking, what do I do? And I, I backed up and I just gave the sheepish, you know, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a dummy wave. But uh, I, I don't know why I was that no. careless. And I think that also falls into the aren't like most collisions or many collisions are within like 10 minutes of your home. Right. And we're all in the, and I, and I've done this, so I'm not knocking you, Brett. Like we've all done it where you're in that rush, as he says, or you just want to get to where you want to get to, like to get home and be done with the day or have a nap or whatever it is, eat and, and you rush it and then you're not thinking. And then you have that moment. I've had this so many times where you think, oh my gosh, thank gosh, that did not just happen. Right. How often are we on autopilot? Yes. I had a conversation with my brother yesterday. He completely missed. We were talking and he 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 missed the turn off on the perimeter where he was going and then I said I never forget the time. Very quickly I got bad news and I almost a full year after moving from Charleswood to St. James, I was halfway to my house in old house in St. in Charleswood and I had to go, you idiot, you live in St. James now. Cuz you get on autopilot and that's really frightening sometimes. <laughs> Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, the big bomber bash code word of the day for you to enter at cjob.com is rum hut. So, but type it up as one word, rum hut, R-U-M-H-U-T. Go to cjob.com, find the contest page to f- enter for a package for you and 19 of your friends for the October 23rd game against the BC Lions. And very quickly here, Greg, I see a 1990s text uh, from Cheryl. Yep. She summarized it perfectly. I think this is exactly what I wanted to say to a certain extent. Looking back at the 90s, I never realized how jam-packed they were for me. I had just graduated from high school, met my future husband, gone clubbing, 
Completed undergrad, gone clubbing. Did a co-op at Red River, gone clubbing. Started my career more clubbing, got married, still clubbing. Then got pregnant in 1999, and all the clubbing ended. Was now staying up late for other reasons, but a lot of 90s music makes me think of my dancing days, hanging out at the bars with friends, fun times, Bingo, Cheryl. Well said. I love it. N K O T B. <laughs> Did you like the new kids? Did I? <laughs> well, okay. That, that's good. <laughs> I went back and saw them in Minneapolis for my 40th birthday, so four years oh, ago. Oh, right on. Oh, gosh, that was lovely. And they said to themselves, We know, we know we're still doing the dance moves for the 90s. It's for you, ladies. And everyone was like, Ah! <laughs> <All> <laughs> right. It was the best. It's 90s night at the Bomber Game tonight, so we're asking you to text us about what you did for fun in the 90s for a chance to win Boo at the Zoo passes. And here's one from Dan. Yeah, he may be a a kindred spirit of mine, uh, Brett. The 90s, if I could only build a time machine, the music was awesome, and I'm not talking about the boy bands. Why, Dan? Why? Van Halen were hitting their stride with Sammy. The live bands at the A were awesome. Dan, you're awesome yourself. And uh, and then he goes on to say he joined the Army in 1988. So by the time the 90s hit, he'd completed all his training, was earning good money, which I mostly spent on drinks, he says. <laughs> I met my wife of 25 years in the 90s and did my first of several military deployments, the first one to Bosnia in 1999. Dan, thank you for your service. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing that with us. He says, sadly, the last concert I saw was also in the 1990s. Oh, Dan. Let's go to a boy band together. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe the maybe like seeing really it live. I appreciate that. Maybe seeing the boy band live will make him change like, his mind. I think he's not picturing the moves I would do, the dance moves, not moves in another way, just the dance moves. But, you know, Dan, we can make this happen. One of the best yeah. shows I ever saw was at Club Region Event Center, and it was a boy band like tribute act. Oh, and so they uh, they they were these these guys from Chicago, and they just did they did every '90s boy band hit you could think of: NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, NKOTB, um, and some of the other lesser known bands like O Town. O Town. And, and they did uh, a couple of they did some Britney Spears, some Spice Girls, some Christina. Ted Aguilera. Lasso had a routine in his last episode where That's he was right. trying to get the whole team to do the. The uh, Backstreet Boys dance. So come on. What was the band that uh, Joshua Morrow from Young and the Restless was in? Oh, that's ninety-eight degrees. No, three deep. Three deep. Three deep. They had one song, one good song, and it was terrible. It was, and then he had to be like, so I should stick with acting in soap operas. Yes. Yes, okay. Joshua, you should. <laughs> Just Google Three Deep and you'll find the picture. They oh, classic boy band. They got their shirts, their white shirts open. Uh, Joshua Morrow's got his 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 gitch. Snorting. This is so bad. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Wait a minute. Who's the guy? Okay, I, I gotta I gotta do a deep dive. Deep into three dive deep on Three Deep. <laughs> oh, and I, there there was also the Canadian boy band. They were called VIP, and the song was called "It's Just My Luck." And uh, <laughs> that, if you want to watch a bad video, like a really cheesy <laughs> '90s video, that's it. It's just my luck Hang and on. VIP. Three deep. I just googled them. Their first album, "Yes, Yes, Yes, No, No, No," was. <laughs> 
Did they, that was the name of their album? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. No, no. Who? Eddie Cibrian was also Someone in that. Someone got paid for yeah. that. And yes. there was a Canadian was their lead singer as well. I don't recognize this guy at all. They were, I think he was also in a soap opera, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure that was the gimmick. They were, they were all soap opera actors. This is great. C.J. Hewer, horror. Oh, probably that's not well, probably that's it. Horror. That's probably not <laughs> it. Horror. H-O-R-R-O-R. Mackling McGarry and McNabb. We're talking turkey in a moment, but just very quickly, Greg, we got this great text on the 90s, 90s fun. Ty in LaBrokery says, in the 90s, we used to hang out with my friend Monty. We were just a bunch of wise guys in school. The grade I always strive for was an A. Yeah, I might have cheated on a few tests, but it was never a scandal. One day I went to the market and met a girl named Norma Jean. We spent most of our days working on our night moves. We drank club sodas and ate strawberries while we watched Bullwinkle on TV. Oh, all the 90s was in that text. Scandal. Night moves. Strawberries. Strawberries. Monty's. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. You hit it. I was, I, when, when I first read it, I was going to reply to him and say, did you ever drink? Oh, your friend's name was Monty? Did you ever drink at Monty's? And then I realized what was happening. So, well done, Ty. Well oh, done. Well Ty. <laughs> okay. So, it is time to talk about, hey, it's Thanksgiving. And when we think of Thanksgiving, whether you like them or not, it's, it's pretty tough not to think, Loren, about turkeys. Yeah, and I actually said to a friend yesterday that I'm making a turkey on Sunday, and then I said, I don't know why, because I actually prefer a chicken, but it feels like this thing you have to do. And then I thought, well, maybe I'm not doing it right. So yesterday I sent out an invite for Gordon Bailey, Red River College Polytechnic, to join us this morning to talk about cooking. And I said, I would like you to, I'd like you to join to talk turkey preparations and any other disgusting side dishes you would like to try and sell me on. And then Gordon <laughs> said, it's a goal of mine to expand and educate the tedious and probably repetitive <laughs> food planet in which you most likely reside. And so I'm <laughs> sort of pleased to bring on to the show this morning, <laughs> Chef Gordon Bailey. Good morning, our friend. How are you? Good morning, Lauren. You know, that was all in jest, but uh, you know what? I'm here to help. I'm here to help. Well, help me out, okay? Cause I, because I am doing a turkey. So if there's one tip you would give to make my turkey, jazz up my turkey, so to speak, what would it be? Okay, the two main things is, honestly, don't overcook it. That's what I think a lot of people do. Uh, you know, they take it well past the temperature it needs to be. They go into the 180, 190 zone. Um, when really, use your instant read thermometer. Take it up to 165 minimum, 170. Let it rest. You got a juicy bird. The other thing I always talk about every single time is brining. Brine that turkey. If you haven't done it yet, brine it. Okay. You've been saying this do... to us for like a couple years, and I still haven't done it. So go ahead. What do I do to brine it? Well, all you got to do is you want to heat up some water. You want to dissolve some sugar in it. Cool it down with ice. Then just make sure that uh, you could do a calculation on it, but just make sure that, you know, give it a taste. It's not overly salty. It's nice and ice cold. Place your turkey in it. It can be in a bucket. It can be in a cooler. Let it sit in there at least for 12 hours, okay? You can let it go up to like 18 hours. Pull it out, pat it dry, and then do your magic in the oven with it. And I tell you this, you're going to have a way juicier turkey. So you said water and sugar or water and salt? Water and salt. If you want to add a little bit of sugar, you could, for sure. That's just going to, you know, give you the extra little caramelization on the skin. Um, but just stick with the, you know, the salt, the water, 
uh, cool it down, put your turkey in, let it uh, have a little uh, cool jacuzzi, and uh, you're going to be uh, loving your bird when it comes out. Now, when I hear Brian, I think pickles, and so that word always scared me off, Chef Bailey. So there's no pickle juice, there's there's no pickling involved. This is a little warm water, salt, and then away you go. Now, the temperature thing and the not overcooking it, like... I think this is the biggest mistake people make with cooking poultry, period, is overcooking it, right? And so just talk about why the temperature is important and then the rest thing. Often we don't let the meat rest. Tell us why that's such an important part of the process, please and thank you. No worries. Well, the big thing is, like you say, people overcook them. So they're taking them, they're, they're worried about underdone poultry, and I get that. You don't want to have, you know, medium rare poultry, not a good thing. So, you know, you take it up to that 165 minimum. Okay, you're going to have some carryover cooking because you pull it out of the oven, there's still heat with inside that turkey. It's going to still cook a few extra degrees. It'll come up to that 170. And that whole resting phase, you know, maybe 20 minutes or so, just let it come out of the oven, tent it, let it chill. What that happens or what that does is allows the juices to sort of redistribute throughout the protein in the meat in the bird. And that's a tough thing for people to do because you pull this turkey out, and I know, like, everyone wants to pick at the skin. Everyone wants to, you know, eat right away. And usually sometimes people put the oven or the turkey in too late, and you're starving, so you want to get down to mm-hmm. dinner. But you know what? Things take time. Okay, so give me some side dishes. I always do pierogies. I'll do mashed potatoes. I'll maybe do some beans. Don't talk to me about turnips, but you're going to move on from turnips. What, what oh, is come your... on. Turnips, though. Seriously. <laughs> you're never you convincing me. No. So okay. <laughs> you can if you want. What are your side dishes, right? Because like the turkey's great, but you want the plate to look a little bit less. Uh, what's the word we always say, Greg? Beige. Beige. Grage. Yeah, grage. It's too grage for us with the gravy beige. and the beige and the whatever. So what else totally. would you recommend? You know, and I you know, can go whole, ahead and talk turnips if you want. Yeah, the whole monochromatic plate is is, is okay having it all beige and gray sometimes because you know what? It's really about having the the things on the plate be tasty, but. You want to pop in some color there. I'm, I'm going to be hitting up Brussels sprouts this year. I'm going to be doing sweet potatoes this year. I'm even going to be trying something a little bit different where I'm going to be doing a chipotle uh, glazed chicken or turkey, pardon me, uh, oh. just to kind of spice it up a little bit. You want to get some green in there, beautiful sautéed baby spinach, an e- easy mise en place prep ingredient, just a little bit of garlic, nutmeg, salt, pepper, booyah. you got some green on your plate. Um, let's talk about asparagus. It's not totally in season right now, but... You know, asparagus is always one of those tasty, easy things to cook um, and a crowd pleaser. Um, I, I think the big thing is when you're doing this extravagant, you know, spread, if that's what people are going into this year, uh, you want to make sure you keep something simple because you don't want to be, you know, chained to the kitchen. You got your guests, your family, whatnot, uh, you know, around the table, and you're, you're just always in the kitchen trying to finish things off. Keep your mise en place, your prep really easy. You know, do it ahead of time as much as possible so you can enjoy the time with the people as well. Chef Gordon Bailey, the instructor over at Red River College Polytechnic, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Always a pleasure to talk to you, sir. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks. I just want to throw one last thing. I want to just a uh, little shout-out to my students, Rick, David, Josh, Ty, Ed. Let's make some beautiful food today. Ooh, Look at right? that excitement. How ah. could you not be? I want to go back to school now. Me I want to too. get my whites on. Let's get her done. <laughs> 814 on 680 CJOB with Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Traffic, weather, and business. Oh, this brings me back to June of 1995. This is how we do it. Montel Jordan. This Traffic seems like weather. a theme song for you, Brett, somehow. Because Montel Jordan is six foot eight, he stood. I think of you. <laughs> I'm still stuck on the fact Brett danced. 
Why? Do you still dance? I don't know. I feel like, well, it's been years since we've been able to even have a Christmas party. Yeah. I just, I'm picturing you doing some sweet moves right now, and I need to see it. I That's get, all. I'm pretty awkward now, but uh, if you, <laughs> if, if, if. Nobody's a good dancer, let's be clear. Like yeah. 1% of the planet can do it. This must be your theme song, Greg. It's Return of the Mac. Oh, yes. That did get connected to me from time to time. No question about it. Baby, when you broke my heart. You lied to me. You lied to me. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> and I do, do, do. <laughs> Return of the Mac. Okay, I'll stop, Forte. Mental Illness Awareness Week is an annual national public education campaign designed to help open the eyes of Canadians to the reality of mental illness. Yeah, and Mental Illness Awareness Week runs through tomorrow, and in my opinion, that you could uh, run it every single week. Nicole Shamartin is the executive director of the Victoria General Hospital Foundation. Good morning, Nicole. Hi, thanks for having me. Our pleasure, uh, 100%. And, you know, we have been laughing and having a great time this morning reminiscing about the 1990s. But uh, let's face it, uh, for a long time, uh, those of us who deal with mental illness, and I put my hand up for that, in the 90s, we really didn't know much about that. Now things are much better. We want to talk about that in a moment. But just tell us about the role of the Victoria Hospital in mental wellness and care here in Manitoba. Yeah, so um, the, the, the Victoria Hospital plays a pretty large role. They're the second largest mental health program in Winnipeg, uh, approximately 1,500 patients a year. Um, that's that's a part of the changes in the healthcare system across uh, the last couple of years. And um, they really focus on adult mental health and geriatric mental health um, and a focus on recovery model of treatment. And at the foundation, um, we, we've um, embraced that and certainly in the, our, uh, our support of the hospital. Uh, but we've also embraced that uh, we, we see a whole perspective approach uh, as being really important and so we focus both on uh, supporting the hospital but also community so a, a whole approach to, to mental health and and other uh, supports of community care. You know Nicole we were talking a couple hours ago we were about Carrie Price the Montreal Canadiens goaltender who is you know taking a leave from the game to take care of his own personal issues we don't know exactly what they are but it had everyone across the country talking about the idea of you know the important nature of putting up your hand and saying, I need help and not being ashamed of it. And Greg had asked me, do you think we're at the point now where that's okay now to do and there, there's no you know, further stigma attached? And I had said, I hope so, but I don't think so. What's your experience in terms of just the willingness for people to admit they have a mental health issue and then the society response to that? Are we much further ahead all these years later? 
I think that's a great question. And, you know, your reference to the 90s is, is also, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a great point because, you know, many of us uh, did, um, of course, uh, have in mental health issues in the 90s. And I do think we talk about it differently today. Uh, I do think people are more likely to put up their hand uh, and have public conversations. So I think the conversations definitely change. Um, how uh, we respond to it, I think, is different uh, as a society. So I think that's great. I don't think that's universal. Uh, so I think we still have lots of work to do. And I think that we know that because uh, there's one, uh, there's still people that are trepidatious about talking. So that's, that tells us something. And I think we know that because there's still inequity in how people are treated. Uh, so um, in terms of people feeling that they're treated uh, um, equitably when they access mental health care as opposed to, say, uh, care for other physical health disorders, I, I don't think we're there yet. Um, and I think that will really be the marker of when we really know that we've changed. What advances are we making with treatments and and the access to said treatments? I think we make advances every day uh, in terms of creating more spaces in the system, a little more access and care. Uh, but it, it's a slow road. We still know that uh, around the world and certainly in Canada that we spend far less than is recommended for a, a, a wealthy nation to spend on mental health care. Uh, so um, the percentage is almost half of what's recommended um, in a in a in a country like Canada. So so that needle isn't moving very quickly. Um, so we still have lots of work to do if we if we want to make a change, and especially when we see uh, that, um, you know, I've often talked about the tsunami um, of, of mental health issues that uh, that we can expect um, coming and how now we see the pandemic impact and how that's really just lit a fire under that. And um, so so the reality is we're making change, but we're not making change at the speed with which we need to make change. So there's still lots of work to do. Nicole, we do have to get running here, but I do have to ask you this. It's something that I will um, breathe my last breath on, and that's the notion that when someone's strong enough uh, to reach out for help and decide today's the day I'm going to ask for it, there needs to be somebody on the other end of that phone, somebody to open the door, someone at that desk when they walk into whatever community service outreach program they may be walking into. What can we do right now? Like, What do we need now more than anything else to to make sure that those who decide they want help today are going to get it? We can, you know, I think what we know about our system is we've created quite a few access points, but we need to make sure that there's something on the other side of those access points. So I think supporting um, foundations like ours uh, that are trying to build that uh, is a great thing you can do. So um, we're the Vic Foundation. You can find us at thevicfoundation.ca. What you can do every day is support conversations, support positive conversations about mental health and mental illness. Be a champion. Talk to your family and friends. Support people that are reaching out for help. Make sure that they know um, where they can access services, whether those are your local crisis lines and mental health um, crisis centers. Make sure they know where they can go.
Nicole Shamartin, Executive Director of the Victoria General Hospital Foundation. Thank you very much for joining us today to talk about Mental Illness Awareness Week. Thank you very much for having me. Some Chumbawamba! Tub thumping! Let it ride. You know, for every good song in the 90s, there are about 10 bad ones. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on. You can't say that about this song. Are you including this in the bad the bad song list? Greg, they get down, and then they get up again. And then they get knocked down, mm-hmm. and then they get up again. Mm-hmm. So predictable. Oh, but then, but th- hang on. There's some fighting words right here. Yes, you cannot say this. We're gonna have you a cannot point. hate this song. Here's the thing with this song, and I and I can understand why Greg might hate it because this song kind of it became such a big hit that it was inescapable and it was, it was. overplayed, and it became one of those songs where I thought if I never hear this again, I'm okay with that. But now I've gone back no. to enjoying the song. Right, because they get knocked down, <laughs> but I get up again. I can handle. They're never gonna keep me down. Right. I can handle the message. I can handle the beat. I can even handle the the chorus, but oh man. Yeah. Now we all have those songs that we just don't yeah. care for. Mm-hmm. That that's fair. I just I, I, I can't even believe there's not an actual smile on your face right now. Oh I'm smiling. It takes a whiskey drink. Not for the same reason you are. It takes a vodka drink. <laughs> you take a whiskey drink? It's a vodka drink. <laughs> what all is right. the actual name? Tub thumping? Tub thumping is the name of the song, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Eve says, I'm with Greg. This never happens, by the way, in the text line. I overheard it back in the day and really, uh, oh, oh, I can't even finish that. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> he substituted uh, the dancing the night away for, for something else uh, less polite. How's that? All right. Fair enough. Dave saying, uh, Magic Land downtown playing video games. The old roller rink downtown. I forget what it was called. I don't remember... I think it was just the Winnipeg Roller Rink. Where was it? It was yeah. on, uh, I want to say Spence and Portage. Okay, that, that There was a used car lot in front of it. Uh, our listeners can correct me, but that's where I'm picturing it. The West End uh, Biz headquarters is there now. I think it's Spence, but it might be one block over sort of kitty corner from where that McDonald's always was. Okay. Mm. And then he goes on to say, going to the King's theater on Portage Avenue Mm -hmm. on a date, watching white men, white men can't jump (laughs) looking good in my letterman jacket and my neon blue fanny pack. So I interjected and said, I was never allowed to go to magic land. I never set foot in magic land. Uh, because my parents thought it was unsafe and that drug dealers hung out there. A den of iniquity. <laughs> um, uh, and I never didn't go to the roller rink. And he adds that uh, he used to wore, he'd go to the roller rink, got his new blades for his birthday, wore clothes that, fl- that glowed in the black light. And those much music electric circus uh, hits from DJ Master T playing. Master T! You remember Master T on sure uh, do. Much Music? Okay, so it's not Spence. Never had much music channels. Oh, you never had much? Okay. Well, that's too bad that you did, because Master T was good. <laughs> I know who he is. Uh, do they still have Letterman jackets in school? I don't know. I don't even know what a Letterman jacket is, actually, to it's be like honest. It's like where the leather sleeves. Right like the melting like, leather jacket, yeah, and right? Yeah, 
and you would put your school logo on it. Oh, and on yeah, the I side, you had to put your name and or like whatever you were involved in. Yeah. And I remember getting one in high school, and they had room for three things. And they're like, well, usually it's sports and stuff. And I was like, can we put like 4-H? <laughs> <laughs> so I cool. I, had, I think I had volleyball, 4-H. <laughs> like, guys just looking at me like, this is not the point of this jacket. I'm like, you're not the point of this jacket. <laughs> I lettered in four sports. That's, that's, we will, I, that was it, right? You lettered. That's an American thing. We will give away thing. the boo at the zoo passes at 9.15 right after our weekly Gab with Gabby. That's coming up next on The Start. Great 90s tune for today. We are having lots of fun talking about the 90s today. 90s night at the Bomber game. Boo at the zoo passes up for grabs. Last chance to tell us a story about the fun that you had in the 90s. And uh, Gabrielle Marchand, host of Global News Morning, weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. We uh, welcome you to the weekend because I understand you had to survive a bit of a doozy this morning. (laughs) I feel like every morning is a bit of a dumpster fire because I always say, I am a dumpster fire, and God bless her, my co-host, Kayla Evans, is also a bit of a dumpster fire. So when you have two dumpster fires working together, then just inevitably things happen. But there were some technological issues. We prevailed. We made it. We're ready for our beers. We earned them today. Like, we're not Did drinking at work. Did you fall asleep on the floor and then wake up halfway through your morning show? No. Did you? No. That is amazing happens. if that happened. Because it happened. It, it happened to me. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. Uh, the, so Gre- I said to Greg around 545, I haven't heard from Loren since 454 a.m. That's kind of unusual, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And so he sends her a text saying, Loren, are you OK? And then I called her at 555. No answer. So we, we said either she's had a medical like meltdown of some sort or she's asleep. Yeah. So I woke up six <gasps> fifteen, and I look at my phone, and there's a missed call from Brett. I text back, "Sorry, guys, my ringer was off." And then I go, "Wait a minute, like it's six fifteen. And I turn oh, no. on my whole system, and I go, "Fushi." He goes, "You're there." I'm like, "I'm here," but I'm not even speaking coherent sentences. Like I'm not awake. I'm like, "What the heck just happened?" I roll. Over. I'm in my bathrobe and some bad pajamas on the floor. <laughs> It's just, I'm ashamed of myself. And I just said these be. guys. Don't I don't know, be. but that never, like, what don't get story, me wrong. Though. Right of passage. No, not a story. It's not, and, and, and I have made fun of Brett so many times for the <laughs> fact that he mention. has like 400 alarms on his phone that he doesn't hear. And I put alarms on my phone all through the morning just in case this happens. Like they go right up until 6.15. And at 6.15, an alarm finally went off while I was talking to Forche. He goes, there's your alarm. And I'm like, yeah, well, too bad I didn't hear it an hour ago. Like, unbelievable. Sorry, one of our I just listeners, wanted to fall on the sword right now for that. Well, again, you don't need I apologize. to do that. But one of our listeners did text just after 6. 15 saying, uh, karma, Loren, karma. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that was Ken. I'm sorry, Brett. It's okay. Ken, you're right. It's okay. Oh, I'm it's like a- talking in a very high-pitched voice. I'm hijacking this whole segment. Gabby, you don't know a dumpster fire until you've seen this one. I love this story. I'm very oh pleased with gosh. this development. It Four is a morning radio rite of passage. Uh, Gabby, did you like roller skating? Did I like roller skating? Or did you go rollerblading? No, I'm a bit too accident prone for that. I would go rollerblading, but I just, I was mainly roller falling. That was sort of my thing. (laughs) (laughs) That was kind of what happened. I think I actually, my knees still look pretty skinned, you know, 20 years later from all those falls. So, uh, 
Yeah, it's not good. What well, about you guys? Oh, yeah, roller skating was uh, a big part of the 80s for me. Not so much the 90s, but we were talking about the Winnipeg Roller Rink. And I couldn't remember if it was at Spence and Portage. And, of course, our listeners come up huge, huge as they always do. Winnipeg Roller Rink was actually at Langside at Portage, and there was the used car parking lot, and it had a wooden floor. It was an incredible oh. place to go. But uh, back in that day, uh, like every crime that was in the newspaper or on CJOB <laughs> happened on Langside. <laughs> and so you didn't d- really dare go down there unless you, you had, you know, a little bit of sense about you. And I'm what I mean sense, I meant street sense because you, <laughs> you had to have your radar on back in that day. So we were talking about some of those different things. But in terms of... Um, Community leaders and stuff like that uh, that inspired us. We were talking about Kai Madsen earlier this week and, of course, his passing and the work that he did with the Christmas cheer board. Was there anybody that inspired you over the years, whether it was a teacher or someone in your life that uh, helped you take that next step? Yeah, let's talk Winnipeg. He's inspired me since I've lived here. He continues to inspire me. I have a coffee mug with his face on it, which I love to drink out of. Paul Maurice, the man, the myth, the legend. He is an inspiring guy and he's stern. He's the stern dad we all need in our lives. I agree. And every time he says, you know, we were talking about how what he had to say about Carey Price yesterday, Gabrielle, and about how Carey Price is taking a leave from the game for we don't know how long. And, and Paul even had comments about just what that means to all of us to be able to put up your hand and ask for help. And every time he says something, I think, like, this guy should be in a TED Talk, but daily. Oh, I should, he should I have like an to app that. with Paul Maurice quotes where he just like, I slept in today, Paul. What do you got to say about that? You hit it and he gives you some feedback. You're like, mm-hmm. I hear you, coach. I will try 110% next time. I love this. The Inspo Pomo app. Yeah. Let's Inspo do it. Pomo. Inspo Pomo. Inspo Pomo. Inspo Pomo. I'm trademarking that as pending. we speak. Yeah. Let's all let's all cash in on this, everyone. Once Paul Mar- Paul Maurice agrees, of course. And uh, another thing we talked about this week is the most sore we've ever been, or oh. times we were surprised at how sore we were. Inspired by Loren uh, playing hockey last weekend for the first time in a long time, and uh, you uh, can relate to this because you recently took on uh, a new hobby, right? Yeah, I started horseback riding lessons. Side note: it is amazing. It is like therapy. It's good for your soul. It is incredible, but it hurts a lot because, especially when you're a beginner, you're bouncing around a lot in that saddle, and when they're going into a lope and you're flying about you're not supposed to be flying about just to be clear that's what's happening with me like my butt hurts a lot kind of my lower thighs not to get too graphic here but i mean i did tell my massage therapist i oh, gotta get in there because oh, it's a sore area but uh, worth it i would say worth it i can sit down again so that's great how long did you was it before you could sit uh, a couple of days no i mean oh. i did sit down it was just sort of ginger kind of awkward yeah. okay is that something you're going to keep up Absolutely. It's worth it. Worth the pain. Have you fallen off yet? No, I hope that doesn't happen. I probably won't be making it to work. I'll be napping on the floor like Lorraine. I won't be showing up for this morning show. No, nobody, I'm not your inspiration for anything. Pomo, not me. Do not follow in my footsteps. Do they, this, these lessons, where do you do them? Um, it's just a random trainer. He's in Oak Bank. He trains okay. people's horses and he has an incredible property with, I think, probably about 35 or so. His name's Guy. Guy's a great guy. And he teaches me horseback riding lessons, puts up with this beginner. So it's pretty amazing. People in Oak Bank, they're good peeps. Gabrielle Marchand. She is the host of Global News Morning weekdays from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. on Global Winnipeg. We have our weekly Gab with Gabby every Friday right after the 9 o'clock news. Gabby, have a good long weekend. As I sent off our show, everyone, happy Thanksgiving, love, peace, and turkey grease.
Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, 90s Night at the Bomber game tonight. We're giving away Boo at the Zoo passes based on your memories of the fun stuff you did in the 90s. And Tara, I want to read Tara's text because I went to school with Tara. And uh, she says, I met my hubby at 15 in 1994. Aww. His name is Justin. We called him Gus in school. And she Why? says, I don't know how that, that started. Dad's name? No, I think no. it just... I just don't know. Gus Rhymes? I, I think that's it. I don't know. It just He just became known as either Gus or Justin. Justin. So uh, I spent... Tara says, I spent the best of the 90s, my teenage years, with him driving around the gravel roads of Cook's Creek and Tikona. 22 years later, we're still married. Life is pretty good, even though we both missed out on the 90s bar scene because my husband and I... Still going strong. That's worth all the free bar drinks and party nights in the world. They had bonus. We had our kids early enough on purpose. She goes on to say, I'm not that transcona because, you know, the stereotype there. Uh, so there are parents to 18 and 20 year olds already. Uh, so we're basically kidless in our early 40s. Oh. And she says she went on to say, I think it's cool that someone I went to school with is on the radio. And I said, I think it's weird when I see people I went to school with already have full grown spawn. <laughs> Like, that just blows my mind. So, I had my youngest last night say to me, how come you're so much older than all my other friends' moms? And I no. said, I swear to you. I was like, what do you mean? <gasps> and he <gasps> proceeded to list, like, all his other kids. I was like, wow, I'm, eight. I'm only eight years older than her, seven years older than her, five years. You know what? Go to bed. Like, this is this is enough. Anyway. Oh, yes. boy. Yeah. Um, the, could I read Paula's? Do yes. we have time? We I derailed this, so I apologize. Paula no. said, my friends and I would take my mom's car and drive to the leg. No. To the ledge? ledge? To ledge. the ledge at Sorry. night to play Purple City. In case you don't know what that is, there are bright orange spotlights that shine onto the legislature building's exterior. You stare directly into the lights for 30 <laughs> seconds and then look out at the cityscape. If you were successful, the city would look purple. Hence the name Purple City. <laughs> What the hell Paula, kind of game is, is this? This I is know. trippy. That doesn't sound it's like running around your house. Red rum, red rum, bloody Mary, bloody. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> I don't know. But what was the, like, if you didn't see purple, hence the name. I also like, hence the name Purple City. Like, is that a moniker for Winnipeg that I don't know about? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Paul, I have so many questions. Like, <laughs> call me. I just said when I read that, I laughed so hard. And I, all I could say to her was, that doesn't sound really good for your eyes. But I, our, I think she's the only one who played that game. Our winner is Ty in La Brokery. In case you missed this earlier, Greg, Ty has crafted uh, like a huge path down memory lane in like four lines. In the 90s, I used to hang out with my friend Monty. We were just a bunch of wise guys in school. Always strive for an A. Yeah, I might have cheated on a few tests, but it was never a scandal. And then one day I went to the market, met a girl named Norma Jean. We spent most of our days working on our night moves. We drank club sodas and ate strawberries while watching Bullwinkle on TV. Nine nightclubs in one text. Woo! Attaboy, Ty. You're the winner. Hang on, quick question. Night moves. Like, I know that's a, like a, is it Bob Seger song? Mm-hmm. But is that, was that a bar too? Or is that sure just? Sure was. Yeah, that was okay. at the Windsor, Windsor Park, Park Inn. Inn. <laughs> okay, because I was like, but this song is too old to be a 1990s reference. So I did not know that. Good mm-hmm. to know. Yeah, Russ and Andy, best uh, bartenders in the biz. Mackling McGarry and McNabb, some limp biscuit. We say hello to Hal Anderson. 
Hey guys, big show coming up here in just a few minutes. Can I change it up a bit today? Because I think you'll appreciate this. When I did your show, Maureen Holloway joined me every morning, right? Yeah. And Mo Holloway has just left CHFI Radio in uh, Toronto. She was doing the morning show there. Lots of changes in in radio these days. And I want to just read a bit of what she said at the end of her final broadcast on that radio station. She said, you, the listener are the reason I'm here, the reason we're here. You give us your stories, you give us your worries, your happiness and joy, you reach out to us, you scream with excitement, you write angry emails, you choose, you choose to listen to us, to me. And that is an honor and a privilege I've never taken for granted and for which I will always be grateful. And, Mm. man, um, as far as I'm concerned, and I know you guys feel the same way, when people choose to listen to us, even choose to write us an angry email, even choose to you know complain about what we're doing, they're making a choice, an important choice, and I know we all appreciate it. Hal, the timing of this is impeccable because in the last 60 seconds, I've just received a, a text message. Well, it's, it's, it's addressed to the three of us and to the radio station, in fact. Thank you, CJOB. For your input into my life over the past few months. As a widow, it became increasingly more difficult to rise and shine. I started listening to your radio station in the mornings, approximately last month, or last March, pardon me. Thank you, CJOB radio hosts, for your fun-loving banter and for just being yourselves. I'm sure you bring smiles to many more than myself Keep it going. And that's from listener Vivian. Vivian, thank you so much. You have no idea what words like that mean to us here at CJOB. It means everything. In yeah. fact. We're lucky people. We get to do what we love and people love what we do. And it's uh, just the best. Hal Anderson. He's on Connecting Winnipeg right after the 10 o'clock news. That's all the time we've got. Enjoy the Thanksgiving long weekend as we listen to some Backstreet Boys. Greg Mackling, make sure you get down this weekend. <laughs> And move it all around? And Loren, to you as well. I have so many questions about the 90s and Greg. I just, we need to relive them some Book's coming out next year. You can (laughs) pay for it then. You're going to have to quit and run away to an island, I think, after that. Great job in Master Control, Jeff Forte. And hey, thank you very much for listening to The Start on 680 CJOB. Happy Thanksgiving. Jeff Braun with news next. Hey, thanks for listening to the Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.